Welcome to Carved to Beautify, a podcast designed to encourage and inspire young people like you to seek a deeper relationship with God and discover His purpose for your life. I'm your host, Alyssa Tangway, and I'm so excited to welcome my longtime friend, Megan Walters, to the podcast. We have been friends for almost 20 years, which makes me sound unnecessarily old, but I have been so blessed by her presence in my life. She is an experienced hiker, and I'm looking forward to hearing her stories and discussing the lessons that we can learn from the trail. Megan, I'm so excited to finally have you on the podcast, and I'm just really grateful for this opportunity, especially that um, it lined up with your your school break, and I just know that God definitely had a hand in that, so I'm really excited to have you on here, and I'm just going to ask you a couple introduction questions so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit, and then we'll move on for the topic for today. So our first question is, tell us where you're from and a little bit about you. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. I was born on the East Coast, and I moved to Colorado um, when I was around 11. I lived there for about 13 years, and I recently moved to Kentucky. So that's kind of where I'm from. And what do you do in life right now? Well, right now I'm a student in a physician assistant program there in Kentucky, and I've been a student for about four months. Um, I live with my family and yeah. That is so exciting. I'm just, I'm so excited that you are getting to follow the dream that you have. That's so cool. And I can't believe that you were in um, Colorado for 13 years. Like it doesn't seem that long. I know. (laughs) I know. It doesn't feel that long to me either. So what is a hobby you enjoy besides hiking? I know we're going to be talking a lot about hiking and like nature and stuff today, but what is a hobby you enjoy besides hiking? Well, I mean, I I can think of a lot, but one that comes to mind is playing the piano. I love playing the piano. I left my piano in Colorado and I could only stand it for about three months before I had to buy an electric keyboard to at least cover the piano need, you know? <laughs> yes, and as I recall, you played another instrument at one point in time. Yes, my flute. I brought the flute too, but there's something about the piano that's just so relaxing and beautiful, all the harmonies and melodies and everything. That's so cool. Yes, I'm very partial to that hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. <laughs> all right, and then the final introduction question is what is one thing that you always take hiking water most people, <laughs> most people probably know but you can't survive very long without water you start to have some organ damage even from um, about a day and a half of water deprivation but you cannot survive three days without water so mm. water all the way <laughs> <laughs> So during this episode, we are going to be talking about just some life lessons and some spiritual lessons that can be learned from hiking. And this was um, brought on because I went on my first, um, shall we say, real hike (laughs) on this past Saturday. I, uh, being from the East Coast, you know, I like hiking. I've hiked in 
I was at school in Tennessee and I've hiked um, near where we live in West Virginia. And, you know, there's, there's mountains around, but nothing like what I experienced this past mm-hmm. seven. I was quite shocked um, and realized that I am not in as great a shape as I thought. <laughs> but it was definitely a good experience in a lot of ways. Um, but as I was hiking and wondering if I was going to make it to our destination, I realized that there were a lot of really great life lessons that could be pulled from this. And then as I was thinking, well, who could I talk about these with for the podcast? I was like, I I want Megan <laughs> because <laughs> you have done so much hiking. I mean, being in Colorado, I remember when you first moved and the letters that you would write um, to me about what you guys were doing and you would say, oh, we just climb this mountain or we climb this mountain and they're so high and like I was sitting there reading going I could never do that (laughs) I'm very excited to hear your experiences today um but my first question is do you prefer a hike with a clear destination point or does it not matter to you like do you you like hiking to a certain spot or are you just kind of like you like to hike around what's your preference you know I kind of am like a stop and smell the roses kind of person so it's always nice when you're not too stressed out about the destination but I certainly think that it helps to get excited um helps you to be excited about the hike when you have a place to go when you have a destination it kind of gets you more um, excited and energized to kind of you know keep going Hmm. that's so true I love um waterfall hikes And there's a lot of waterfalls in Tennessee in that area. And it's so helpful because it can be really steep trying to get up to those. But you know that once you get there, (laughs) you know, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be beautiful. Totally. And I think as I was thinking about that um, this weekend, it just kind of hit me like the hike of life isn't worth it if you don't have a good destination. I mean, really, when you look around, life is the life on this earth is just it's not, <laughs> it's not really that great. Um, but I feel like because as Christians, we know what the destination is, you know, we know that we're not, we're not in it for the here and now, um, necessarily, but, but for what is to come. And so I think that it really helps, like you're saying, to get excited about mm-hmm. that, um, and to keep that goal. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there are lots of things in life that will pull you down and get you distracted from the path that you're going. And certainly, um, I guess one thing that as you were talking came to my mind was the fact that when you're hiking, there are going to be lots of little pitfalls and lots of little scrapes and bumps and scratches, but you know that in the end, you have someone there with you. Hmm. Yeah, I I really like that. It's just, it's so nice to know and to have that hope. And I think that that's something that is so crucial for us to share. I mean, within the Christian circle, but also, you know, obviously without, um, just to let people know, like, hey, there is a destination, you know, it doesn't, don't get bogged down by those little things, like you were mentioning, like, that's not, uh, it's not always going to be this way. And I think that's really important. Yeah, for sure. So talking about um, the before of a hike, what do you, what does your family do before the hike? Like, do you 
prep things? How long does it take you to decide like what you're going to take and how much you'll need? And do you plan out like where you're going? And Yeah, totally. Well, I think it depends on the hike. It depends on the journey. For a long hike, a really difficult and long hike, we would probably plan for anywhere from um, a day or two to maybe even a week ahead of time, depending on where we're going to be staying. Some of the hikes that we've taken have been um, several hours away, have been quite a long ways away. So we had to stay in a hotel the night before. We might have been camping the night before, things like that. So it can take a while to prepare. Um, another thing is, too, Sean is our navigator. He is an expert hiking guide. So we kind of, that's my brother, we kind of have a um, sort of a resident hiking guide with us. So. <laughs> We ask him to plan some of the things. We obviously take part, but he he really loves that and enjoys it. So we do, I guess we do a lot of planning depending on where we're going. For shorter hikes, we kind of plan what we're going to take and plan about how long it's going to be. So. so you don't recommend just showing up and starting to hike? No, you know, <laughs> I've seen some people that have done that and... I really felt for them because it didn't always work out so well. <laughs> I'm sure I can't imagine doing some of those long hikes. Cause I'm sure you have to like, you know, you have to think about um, food, like how much, you know, if you're going to bring food, like how that's going to work. And like you were yeah. saying, water is pretty important. And some of these longer hikes, I'm sure you need, you know, more water than you would just for like a little afternoon stroll. So absolutely. So have you ever gotten lost or turned around during a hike? You know, I was thinking about this and I can't really recall any major incidences of being lost. One time I did have um, an experience where uh, I'd gone with several friends and a few of my family members on a hike and Several of the friends and a family member or two, I think, had gone um, a little bit farther. And I decided that I didn't want to really stay where we were. And I kind of started walking somewhere else. And not only did it upset some of my friends and family, but I also didn't really know where I was going. <laughs> the strange thing was that I didn't really feel all that afraid because I was still on the trail. But, you know, that didn't really mean that I wasn't lost or that I wasn't in any danger, you know. Mm. So, yes, I have, but it, I've never actually been lost, thankfully, when I've been with other people. I think that's so important. Like, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother life lesson that I hadn't yeah. even thought about. Like, you can be lost off the trail and you can also be lost on the trail. Absolutely. And that's that's just crazy, like, to think about. And I think that's why... We need the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to his promptings um, because, you know, not to, it's not that I, I want us to think of like, oh, what if I'm lost? You know, it's not that, but like, I think we need to be paying attention because if we are doing things that could, you know, potentially lead us down, you know, that wrong path or put us in danger on the path we're on, you know, then we need to listen for God's voice and his spirit to to turn us around, you know, and tell us otherwise. Yes, and we can't trust to our own senses or what we see in front of us. I think as I was hiking on 
on Sabbath, um, I realized how important it is to have a guide because we had a big group. I mean, it was probably like 12 to 15 people um, that were making this hike and climbing this mountain. Um, But it was really important to have a guide on the way up, not so much did I notice it because I was just trying to stay alive <laughs> and, <laughs> and stay up, you know, keep up with everybody else. Um, but on the way back down, I realized how important it was because I realized that I really wasn't paying much attention to my surroundings on the way up. I was just kind of plodding along, you know, and following everyone. And on the way back down, all of a sudden things look different. And I was like, oh, is this how we came? Like, I don't remember this. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. Was that tree there, you know? <laughs> And so I realized it's really important to have those people who were up in the front and even some who were in the back, you know, um, who knew what was going on. And I was very thankful for them. But near the end of the hike, as we were coming down, I got stuck behind these two guys. And one of them, like, knows the trail really well. He's been hiking, you know, but like, he was just walking really slow. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think he was trying to be careful because we could have easily, they were very steep switchbacks and we could have easily, you know, slid down and actually hurt ourselves. Um, But I was, I felt myself getting very impatient (laughs) behind him. Like, come on, you know, we're going to, we're going to be left behind and they're going to be ready to go. And we're still going to be up here. And like, I know I can do this part of the trail. You know, I need to just like, come on, like we need to get going. And as I was reflecting on that, as I was standing behind him going slowly, I started to realize that often I think that's how I am in life um, with God. You know, I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord, for being my guide. I'm so glad that, you know, I have you and whatever. And then I'm like, come on, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's, let's go faster. Let's let's get through this struggle or let's not go over there or, or I don't really want to do this anymore, you know. Um, and I think that sometimes we tend to we tend to distrust our guide mm-hmm. um, and wonder if if he really has you know the best plan or if, if he's really moving at the right time um, right. or fast enough or slow enough you know um, and we forget that he's been up and down this trail you know and, and he already knows everything and how to do it and as I was looking for Bible verses um, that, you know, kind of correspond with that idea. Of course, there's Psalms 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd and he leads me. Um, But there were two other verses that I really, really liked. And they're both from Isaiah. The first one is Isaiah 58, 11. And it says, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And the second one says, thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. And I just, I love those because they are great reminders that God is our guide. He's our our teacher. He's our leader. And even though we might get um, frustrated, you know, (laughs) or dissatisfied, like he always knows the right way. And his desire is to make us that well-watered garden, you know, and just someone who is springing forth with life. And I really like that. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that you brought out he'll strengthen in those beautiful verses talking about strengthening us. He has so much strength and we don't realize that we need to rely on him until we get into those hard places. And I think those are always blessings in disguise because 
Um, we just don't realize how much we need his strength. That's so true. And I think that in those times, it's easy for us to be like, well, why are we here? You know, and start questioning all these things. When in reality, um, you know, if we just thought about the fact that maybe this is for our own growth, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and perhaps there's a reason or maybe we'll meet someone later in life down the trail, you know, who might need that encouragement or, or might need to know our story. I mean, obviously, I don't think that God plans for bad things to happen to us. But I think that God is able to take a lot of those situations that come from living in a sinful world and use them to help us and to help us be a blessing to others. Yes, he's training our feet to be able to walk on high places. Mm. So what do you take and what do you not take on your hikes? Hmm. Well, I mean, like I said earlier, I take water, but also I think one of the things that I always like to take um, is proper clothing. You never know what kind of weather you're going to encounter when you're on a mountain because weather can change very quickly and easily. And so you want to make sure you have something to stay dry, um, to stay warm, and just to keep your um, keep your extremities covered and sometimes even to keep your limbs from being scratched up too much. Mm -hmm. I also take a headlamp. That's a really important thing because sometimes you don't realize how long you might be hiking or how long the, the hike is going to take. So mm -hmm. a headlamp is always nice to have. So what are some things you would recommend leaving behind? Probably things like bricks. <laughs> Anything that's going to get like you like you had. Um, I think you'd mentioned something about weight maybe earlier. You don't want to take extra weight in your backpack. Things that are going to be really heavy, things that are probably going to be unnecessary. Depending on how long you're going on a hike, you might take books, but you're probably not going to really want to take something like a reading book. Um, you definitely want to take a hiking guide if that would help, but. Things like books, you probably want to keep for the most part out of your backpack or whatever type of um, gear that you have because that's going to add a lot of extra weight. Yeah, on, on Sabbath when we were hiking, I had this little like backpack, string backpack thing. And um, I had a hammock because they had talked about, you know, when we got up there, we were going to hammock. So I had a hammock and my water bottle, which is a heavy, like metal water bottle. Oh, no. <laughs> it had water in it. And so it was very heavy. And then um, I, I had a book, but it wasn't just like a little book. It was literally a copy of The Great Controversy. And so it's like this thick book, you know, in my oh, bag. Wow. And that's all I had brought. And so I was like, well, if we're going to be up there for a while, you know, I don't know, like, if we're all going to be reading what we're going to do. So I don't want to be sitting in my hammock bored. So I had that. And as I'm hiking, I was like, oh, my goodness, like the verse about throw off every weight, you know, oh, <laughs> that yeah. definitely running through my mind. <laughs> yeah, but that's good that you had a great controversy with you. You never know who you might want to give it to along the way or at the top. That's true. And I think that's a good thing um, to keep in mind. Like, I mean, glow tracks, those types of things, little, little pamphlets, you know, that are they're easily, um, easily passed out. And that, I mean, obviously, if you feel impressed to bring a certain book or something, you know, then do yeah. that. But if you are trying to go lighter, 
<laughs> then it might be a good idea to take some little little tracks or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, extra weight is not helpful. But like we did talk about, there are things um, like Megan was saying, the clothing, um, you know, the water, some snacks, those things are helpful. And I was thinking about this in regard to our Christian walk, like, okay, what are the supports, you know, that we, that we have? And I think um, prayer is obviously a really big one. I think prayer, prayer can be a guide and a support. I think it falls into both categories. Um, but it's definitely a, a really big support that we have. And then other Christian resources, you know, um, the Bible and, and Jesus are our guides, but then there are lots of other, um, you know, different Christian resources that we can pull from um, to help us. And I was looking at verses that would go along with this. And um, I found the one in Matthew that says, you know, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I think that that's really true because sometimes we start out and we're like, yes, you know, we're willing to do this. We're willing to follow God and to walk this trail. And then as we get into it, you know, and, and the, the weights start to pull us down and things happen, you know, but if we're watching and praying, um, then hopefully we will stay on the path, you know, and keep following the guide. And also James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generally to all, generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. And I think that kind of, um, it goes with the, the other Christian resources. Cause if you're asking God for wisdom, God can bring you wisdom through a variety of ways. He can bring you wisdom obviously through his word and through prayer and his spirit, but he can also bring you wisdom through books, you know, um, through speakers, through podcasts, <laughs> you know, just through lots of different ways, Christian friends. Um, so I think that it's important to remember that we do have supports around us that are helpful to take on our hike. What has been your favorite hike? And do you have any least favorite hikes? You know, my favorite hike of all the hikes I've been on was a hike that was in Rocky Mountain National Park. It's called Forest Canyon Overlook, but the overlook is where we started. So it goes down into a canyon um, that's kind of surrounded by mountains. We ended up, I would say, more stumbling, which is kind of funny <laughs> saying that it's my favorite hike. But the destination, which was actually the bottom, you know, sometimes a destination isn't always at the top or looks like it's going anywhere. But our destination was this absolutely beautiful mountain meadow that was right in the center of several mountains. And wow. it was just the most peaceful thing. I also felt safe, you know, at least in terms of um, it, it, there might have been animals there, you know, <laughs> but right. it just had a very peaceful, safe feeling to it. Um, it was very, very, very difficult to get there. Uh, it was difficult to get back, but it was so worth it, you know. Mm. In terms of a least favorite hike, uh, I don't know if I've had a least favorite hike. I think um maybe some of the hikes where the destinations were a little bit underwhelming or you know kind of <laughs> disappointing i think the fact that i don't remember them is probably a testament to the fact that they weren't super amazing you know <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell our listeners just a little bit maybe a few places that you do remember that you have hiked just so they get a feel for it because i know you guys have done some pretty intense um intense hikes and experiences so maybe if you could just 
tell them a little bit about where you've gone? Well, the first 14er I hiked, um, that was a pretty interesting experience because... Can you describe what that, that term means just for people who may not know? Yes, totally. So a 14er is a mountain that is 14,000 feet above sea level at its peak or higher, but it's at least 14,000 feet. So we decided to go hiking with some friends, hiking on this 14er. And um, again, we planned quite extensively, at least in terms of a hike. And we got there and the first part of the hike, we started walking, I think a little too fast. I started feeling really, really sick. So I started getting lightheaded and dizzy. And I thought, you know, I just need to sit down. And so we sat down and um, I didn't really want to go for the rest of the hike at all. I thought, oh, I think, you know, I think I'm done with 14ers at this point. It's only been about 30 minutes and I don't think I want anything more to do with them. <laughs> and the dad of our friends said, no, we're all going to stay together. So he took my backpack. We didn't make it to the top, but we did pretty much all stay together. And it, it was a good experience overall. Hmm. I'm trying to think of some of the other places that we've been hiking. Um, we've hiked a few other 14ers since then. And most of them, the top has been just unbelievable. Because, because of the valleys around the 14ers and some of the geography, when you get to the top, you can't always see to the very bottom. But if you can, it, it's almost dizzying when you look down. <laughs> you almost How long does it take to get up to the top of those? Well, for some of the 14ers that I've been on, I think it's somewhere around six or seven hours to get to the wow. top. So they're very, very long. They're they're really quite a exercise in both patience and physical endurance, which I don't <laughs> really feel like I've had. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think I'm good with my little hour hike. <laughs> it wasn't an hour, it was more than an hour, but man, I couldn't do six hours. Not right now anyway. <laughs> Maybe I'll make that a goal for later in life. There you go. <laughs> I really like, though, one of the things you said, um, I think it was when you were answering the other question, about how sometimes the best destinations aren't necessarily at the top. Um, and I really, I don't know, I really like what, what you kind of said there because I think it's important. A lot of times um, we look around and we see, all we see is people at the top of their destination. Um, especially if you're on social media or things like that, you tend to see, uh, I saw a quote earlier this week that I don't remember where it's from, but it said something about, um, we compare ourselves to others, but it doesn't work because we're, we're comparing their director's cuts to our behind the scenes. Yes. And I feel like that's how it is. Like when we compare our, our, their destination with our journey. You know, it's like, whoa, they made it to the top of this mountain and look at look at how well they're doing. And I'm here like struggling along, <laughs> you know, barely able to make it one foot in front of the other. Um, 
But I think it's important to remember that maybe our destination isn't where their destination is. Um, maybe they reach there sooner. Maybe it's going to take us a little longer. Maybe it's going to be in a completely different place or a different type of destination. Um, you know, I, I just feel like it's good to keep that in mind and to think about the whole process, you know, and enjoying the whole process and not just because I'm very much a get to the top person. I'm like, okay, we have this hike. Let's just get up there. <laughs> you know, I was literally thinking as we were hiking, I was like, man, it'd be so great if they had one of those um, little gondola things or like a ski lift or something <laughs> that could just take me to the top and then I could hike down. I know. <laughs> so I feel like that's kind of, we need to be careful that we're not thinking about that in our, in terms of our lives, you know, let me just get up there and then I'll, I'll hike back down. Yeah, it's all a journey. The, the whole journey is very important. I really like how you also brought up, um, you kind of answered the next question I was going to ask because I, I wanted to talk about discouragement because it can definitely get discouraging, um, especially if you're in the back of the line, <laughs> which yeah. I was on Sabbath. Um, but I was just wondering, and it sounds like, I mean, you kind of answered it in the story you told, but maybe you've had other experiences too. Um, have there ever been times where, somebody really encouraged you to keep going um, and to just, you know, either maybe they walked with you or um, have you ever had any experience like that? Or maybe you encouraged someone else on a hike? I, you know, I think when I've been hiking with my family, my mom is a real go-getter and she, she hikes so fast. I don't know how she doesn't pass out because I knew <laughs> I would, but <laughs> I'm like, I want to stop. I want to take a break. And she's like, no, let's keep going. You'll only feel worse if you take a break. So <laughs> she's always been encouraging to me for sure. That's so cool. Yeah. I think it, it makes a difference. Like I know on Sabbath, I was in the back and I was like, I'm not going to be able to make it, you know? And I'm like, um, and then one of the girls, we stopped for a little bit and then we started to go again. And she was like, Hey, how about I go behind you? And like, she's a pretty good hiker. And I was like, no, you don't want to do that. Like, and she's like, no, no, I, I really want like, you know, you can do it. Like, how about I, I'll walk behind you? And I was like, no, really? <laughs> like, like, that's really a bad idea. <laughs> if you want to get there, that's probably not your best option. And she's like, no, I don't care. Like, it's okay. And I don't know, like, that just really meant a lot to me to realize like, she wasn't trying to be the first up there you know she wasn't even trying to go walk in the middle with her friends like she was okay being stuck behind me you know as we walked up and that just made a really big difference it just it helped to know that there was someone back there um and someone cheering for me I guess really beautiful and I think um I was looking up verses to go with that and I found um two of them um the First one, it's talking about, you know, two are better than one. I think we've all heard that verse um, because if one falls down, you know, the other can help them up. Um, but the other one that I found is Proverbs 18.4. And it says, a person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. And I read that and I don't know that I'd heard that specific version before. But I was like, man, that's so applicable to life. You know, like our words, we have the power to encourage someone to keep going or the power to like completely knock them off the trail, you know, um, depending on, on how we choose to use our words. 
Yeah, that that's I, I totally agree with that. It's really powerful. So I know we've talked about this a little bit um, already, but like you said, it will not always be easy, <laughs> but it will be worth it. So I know you told us about the valley, the pretty valley. Um, can you think of any other experiences where you got up to the top and you were like, wow, this was this was totally worth the, the work? Yeah, you know, we had a hike one time where um, we started out the hike and it started in the woods. It was kind of like a little bit of a, I don't know if you'd call it riparian area, but it was an area where it was wet and we there were plants that were growing there would that would be kind of like um, more in a more moist area and the woods kind of turned into more open grassy sort of um, hills and then it almost turned into like a tundra type which is where you have really low growing plants that are extremely hardy and it typically is a little bit colder um, and we ended up actually meeting people who one of, it was a couple, it was a man and a lady, and they both really enjoyed hiking. And I think the most, I think what really stood out to me about the hike was the fact that they were friendly and open. And, um, I don't know, they kind of were just willing to share a lot of their life with us mm. along, with, along this hike. They didn't. They weren't entirely focused on just a day for themselves. They found someone who they could talk to, and the husband was even willing to go with um, Sean, with my brother, a little bit farther and kind of show him some things that he'd seen because they had been there before. And that hike kind of stood out to me, I guess, because of the people that we were on the hike with rather than the hike itself, if that makes any sense. Hmm. That's so cool that they were able to just make it a special experience um, and be willing to share. I think we were talking about this um, when we were hiking this weekend because one of the girls, as we were coming down, you know, we were all being very focused. I mean, obviously we've been focused going up too um, mm -hmm. because it was pretty steep and there was a lot of like acorn type things. I mean, I don't know that they were actually acorns, but they looked like that and little leaves. And so if you didn't step right, you know, you could slide. Um, and so as we were coming back down, somebody stopped to take a picture and one of the girls was like, wow, it's so pretty. Like when you take your eyes off your feet, <laughs> she's like, you can actually see things. And I was like, man, that's so true. You know, sometimes, um, we get so focused on what's right in front of us, you know, and the life that we're leading right now and the things that, you know, we have to take care of that we forget to look up and see that there is beauty around us there are people you know around us and that's just so cool that those people were willing to you know look up look around and and then join you and and just share and i don't know i think that's really special yeah it was a special experience so the last question is how do you feel that being out in nature and hiking draws you closer to god you know i always notice all the sounds that I can hear when I'm in nature and when we're hiking invariably especially if it's in a wooded area you'll hear birds singing and the birds are almost always just so happy and I 
I, I kind of think of how one of my favorite songs is His Eyes on the Sparrow. And when I hear the birds singing, I kind of am reminded that God takes care of me too. Mm. And I always hear the different kinds of birds and realize that there's so much variety that God's made for us. He didn't want us to be bored by anything, you know? But I think the biggest thing for me is just the fact that he wants us to remember that we take care, that he takes care of us. He takes care of the birds and he'll definitely take care of us. I love that. And I think it's true when you're out there, suddenly things seem so small, you know, like you're looking at this, these grand mountains just rising up, you know, and all the beauty and the trees and you just all of a sudden it's like it puts things into perspective. And for me, at least, I'm able to just reflect and realize, um, you know, since God created the mountains um, and and all this beauty and like he holds all these things that to me look so big in the palm of his hand, how much more, you know, is he caring for me? And it's just, I don't know, I feel like it's a very special way to reconnect um, and put your focus back on what matters um, mm -hmm. and not be so caught up. <laughs> in all the little things that get under our skin. Yes, definitely. I When you say that, that makes me think of the fact that nature always encourages quietness too and calm. Nature is so calm. It doesn't matter if you're standing next to a waterfall that is so loud or um, a little brook or in the trees, in the woods where it's just very quiet. Everything just kind of encourages your mind, even your body to kind of relax, you know. Mm -hmm. So I know I said that was the last question, but I do want to ask one more. Um, <laughs> what would you suggest or how would you suggest that if people are interested in starting like to get into hiking, how could they go about that? What are your what are your good plan or your steps for how to start hiking? You know, I would first say um Talk to some people, try to see if you can find people that you know who hike. They'll always have good tips. Another thing is buy a good hiking guide. The hiking guide that Sean has is actually by a lady who has hiked all throughout Rocky Mountain National Park. She's hiked almost every single trail that there is in Rocky Mountain National Park. So it's, I consider oh. that as a really, really good resource for things that you should do. I think she also gives some tips in there on what to do and what not to do even. So um, a hiking guide like that, that you know is really reputable, doesn't have to be someone who's extremely, you know, um, knowledgeable in, I, let me say that a different way. It doesn't have to be someone who's extremely highly educated or things like that, but someone who knows from first-hand experience, what they're doing. Hmm. I can see how that'd be very important because if you don't have that, you're just kind of wandering. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to just have a conversation about hiking. And I am so thankful that you were able to just tell us some stories and fill us in on hiking and a little bit more about what it's like, especially when you're hiking the really big mountains. So thank you so much. 
You're welcome. I really enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow Carved to Beautify on Facebook or Instagram. Check out our blog, subscribe on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and leave a rating or review so that others can enjoy these episodes too. Until next time, may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Blessings as you beautify the world. <laughs>